Welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast. I'm Angela Durant and you'll meet Anka Herman a little later. Between us, we have 30 years of business experience. We've started and grown our businesses from nothing but an idea, learning to play to our strengths as introverts in what often feels like an extrovert world. If you have ever felt any resistance to how others tell you you have to market yourself or bear your soul on social media just to get clients, then this podcast is for you. We know the unique challenges that introverted coaches face when it comes to selling their services. So if you're ready to learn how to spot those golden opportunities right under your nose, clarify your message, nurture that market and get more business coming your way, all without sacrificing your energy levels or well-being, then plug your AirPods in and let's go. So welcome to the Visible Coaches podcast with Angela and Anka. And it is guest time. So it's great to have another voice in this conversation. And one of the most downloaded episodes that we ever had was when we did a podcast called Emptying the Stress Bucket. So we wanted to bring on somebody that I really value the opinion of around trauma, around mental health, around the whole topic of dealing with mindset and navigating this messy journey of being a roller coaster entrepreneur and growing your business and how you do that with the wonderful Dawn Taylor of The Taylor Way. She is a speaker. She's a she's got a book. She's an incredible human being. So welcome, Dawn. And she's also got a great accent. And I really love that, too. So it's a nice, different, different opportunity for you to to hear somebody in this conversation. Now, many, many times, Anchor and I have always said you don't have a business problem. You have personal problems all over your business wrapper, whether it's a skill set, whether it's a, a mindset issue. But what do you do to navigate that? How do you know when you're really experiencing trauma, when it's a mindset issue? What do you do when you when you're worried that you might be burning out, but at the same time you're still having to build? And I know that Dawn has got some absolute nuggets of wisdom in this conversation as we unpack it. So settle in and have a listen. Dawn, um, welcome to the podcast, first of all. Thank you. I'm so excited to be here. Brilliant. Can you just unpack for listeners, first of all, how you got into the work that you're doing and why you think it really matters for the business owners that you speak to? So right off the bat, I just want to explain what trauma is really quick, and then I'll get a little into my story. A trauma is any single time your nervous system is jarred. And so we have big traumas, we have little traumas, the big T, little T, those sorts of things. But really, it's any time your nervous system is jarred, and it neurologically rewires something in your brain. And so I had had this crazy life of trauma, everything from sexual abuse, eating disorder, suicide attempts where I actually died, they revived me. I had a brain aneurysm at, in grade 12 and was not supposed to survive like 50% chance. Well, for starters, one in 750,000 people survives the brain aneurysm, but then a 50% chance I would die of a second one within 10 years and nobody makes 20 which in and of itself is insane, but then try like regrowing your whole body and having a different brain after and all of these traumas, right. That came with that. But then I was also dealing with like the side effects of being sexually abused and the side effects of having all these other traumas and right down to like born to a mom who tried to miscarry me her whole pregnancy. And 
as I was going through my 20s and my early 30s, was realizing all of these ways that that was showing up in my business. And I'll never forget the day I was sitting in a restaurant I owned and I was interviewing for staff. And this girl literally bullied me, like bullied me beyond anything you could imagine. Nothing about her was appropriate. She cursed and swore. She called me fat. Like I'm talking like she was horrible and I hired her. And I remember having this like weird out of body experience while I'm looking at her going, this is the worst thing you're ever going to do. You're going to hire this girl. Why are you hiring this girl? And I was like, what is wrong with me? As I hired her, paid her way more than she should have been paid and proceeded to cause myself six months of hell with this girl as one of my employees. And I went home that night and I sat in my office and I was like, what happened? right? No judgment, just curiosity. At what point did my brain step out of the picture and my emotions become so involved that I actually hired this person? And it was this moment of, oh my word, I just wanted to be wanted. I wanted to be needed. I wanted to be loved. I wanted to be accepted. I, and I was like, well, that is not a good reason to hire a train wreck. But it was this acknowledgement of like, what were the emotions behind the decision, right? And I think that as business owners, no, no, no. I know as business owners because A, I've owned multiple businesses over the years, but I'm also surrounded by them all day, every day, either through clients or in networking or whatever. You can't leave your trauma at the door when you step into your business, right? So we step into our businesses and then we're like, I'm terrified to feel stupid. I can't feel stupid. I can't feel stupid. I can't feel stupid because my dad always made me feel stupid and I can't ever feel that again because I have to be the smartest person in the room. So I'm never going to level up because I can't handle being around people that might be smarter than me. Mm -hmm. Right. Because I would refuse to feel that feeling. I refuse to feel like a failure. I can't handle feeling like I'm not good enough. I can't handle feeling like I'm not worthy. I had a conversation last week with a guy about his business. And I said, look, I said, the minute you become your business and your business becomes you, that means your worth is attached to your business. So if a client says no, if a client fires you, if your business fails, if it goes down and it hits the skids, you go with it. And that is why I believe that so many entrepreneurs struggle. Is because we're so busy fighting against all of these emotions, these feelings we would we want to do anything and everything to avoid, right? That we're so terrified to fail in our businesses that we won't get the help that we need. We won't ask for the support that we need. We self-sabotage to the death of our business. But then we also have such a big ego involved because we have to show the world how good we are that it's like, hey, you know what? I'm really struggling. I think I'm going to get a part-time job cool, go get a part-time job. The amount of times I've said that to a client and they're like, what? And I'm like, right now, the stress of what's going on in your business is destroying you. And you are holding so tight to the reins of your business that it can't grow because you were literally like, it's like you've put a plant in way too small of a pot and you're constricting its roots. And now you're mad at it for not getting big. Oh God, that's so so if you... Right. So if you need a part-time job, 
for a little bit or a side gig to just give you that certainty and that structure to know you're going to be okay, that will then allow you to release some of that control, move the plant into a bigger pot because you're not terrified of it anymore. Right. But we get so scared of that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. I just, I just want to come back. I mean, cause you've had such an incredible shift from coming from that childhood and coming also from, you know, those situations in your health where you weren't even meant to survive to, I know, and we're going to have you back on to talk about the real entrepreneurism behind entrepreneurialism behind business, <laughs> but you are really grounded human being. So there is something that you have understood and managed around this um, and taken yourself through the understanding in a way that many people are not doing. And I think the things that you're talking about you know how things are showing up the ego you don't we don't fail we don't show the world that there's some you know that things are not working there's a real nuance isn't there even about how you you know how people put their message out in the world so that you know how do you even sort of reach out and the support you get I've always said that solopreneurs need a special kind of support to you know in lots of different ways to actually be around us but um but Anchor I want to kind of just come over to you what are you hearing in how what how dawn's just sort of laid that out for us and then we can take the conversation deeper mm, no i mean i'm hearing like oh yeah absolutely <laughs> <laughs> and i have my own very personal version of this and and that's kind of also a little bit where my question's coming from because um when i had my first business i started a sewing business and like yeah no idea oh let's just find some poor sucker who buy a skirt i made right so what could possibly go wrong in a foreign country no idea you know like anyway so the thing is i did pull it off and i kind of worked myself into the ground right so and i really felt the pressure was building and building and building and if you'd asked me at the time it was because my demanding spanish spanish clients because they are like they I want it and I want it now and I don't care that you're sick or you haven't slept very much like you know and I never understood like the thing is my question really in all of this is how like is there something that you can kind of give people a little bit of a tip to how can you catch on to this early because in my case I can promise you it wasn't an ego thing I didn't know that that was what I was doing, right? Because my thing was, I Mm -hmm. didn't, like people would ask stuff for me and my understanding of my, I have a service business, so it's my job to give them what they want, right? So, and I would also get creatively excited. So I take on projects and then realize, oh shit, I've told somebody else that I kind of, that that they get their dress by Saturday. So I worked myself into situations where I had a lot of, you know, and there was stuff where people would dump more and more and I thought if I say no they're going to be disappointed and then they're going to hey, don't come they're not going to right come there. back you know and it all like that thing I didn't right I there. went through that for years until I got so burned out that I was like look if that is the case so be it and that I needed that nose in the dirt moment years later right where I said look the next person who comes and wants something, they can just go and, you know, get lost. And I said no. And they go, oh, OK, I'll pick it up on Monday. And that's where I saw the whole thing unravel. And that's where I got my, you know, 
ice water over my head, realizing that the pressure had never come from them, that I'd made up this entire story by myself, but I wasn't aware of it. Like I didn't know. And if you, even if you had told me at the time, I don't think I would have believed it, you know? So it's almost like, what could I have, what would have given it away earlier for me to realize that this is of my own making? So when you said that people will be disappointed in me, right? It's looking at like, what are the feelings I would do anything in life to avoid? Yeah. People disappointed in me, not wanted, rejected, abandonment, not loved, all of those emotions, right? But one of the things I often talk to clients about is a looking at those and seeing where those are showing up in your business and how they're shifting your behaviors and your standards for yourself within your company, right? If I am terrified to be unloved, okay, what has to happen for me to feel unloved? What makes me feel unloved? What has to happen for me to feel loved, right? Then you can figure out like, how do I feel loved? Is that even appropriate in my company? Is it transactional? Is it not, right? Like there's all these things that you can go through with that, but it's also looking at your business and going, okay, what are my standards for myself and within my business? What are my morals, my ethics, my values? When you can really break those down and go, okay, so a standard comes from a situation that's happened in our life, right? So say we have a standard of, I'm always going to give my client whatever they want. I'm never going to say no. And I hear this all the time, like my, you know, there are people who have like a company corporate value and it's like, I never say no. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> you probably don't want that as a corporate value, right? But when you look at that and go, okay, so what happened in my life that I created a standard that I wasn't allowed to say no? Not that I couldn't or I don't, but I wasn't allowed right? Because it's a situation that's happened that has then created a standard, which is where we then create expectations of ourselves and everybody around us. And it's when those are not met, that we then go to a place of judgment. Right? And so when you can really look at that within your own business, so often with, I will talk to clients about that in relationships, in a company, in whatever it is that's going on in their life to be like, okay, what are your standards you have in these areas? So when it comes to communication, what is the standard you've set for yourself? What is your standard? Do you answer your phone all day, every day? Do you answer your phone at 11 o'clock at night? Do you, what is the standard that you have set for yourself? Okay, what is the situation that brought that standard to be a thing? Right? Because that is what allows you to go, hey, wait, is that actually my standard that I want on myself? Or is that a situation, A, that happened at a totally different time in my life that has nothing to do with the current at all, right? So it was a situation that either happened when I was a child or when I was a teenager, or I often hear like people have standards they've set for themselves, even within their company. And it's like, okay, when did you set that standard? You'd be amazed how many people set a standard when they were like 23 and can't and I'm like, you mean now you're married with three children and a dog and you own a home and you're in menopause and you, you're, you're not meeting your standards, right? And it's really stepping back and looking at that and going, okay, what do I need to shift in my standards? And I think that's where as a business owner, we need to kind of create like a, almost like a recipe for ourselves of what that looks like in our business to go, Hey, where did this like belief come from? Where did the belief come from that I have to turn everything around in 24 hours? 
if I set my standard at 72, if I set my standard at one week, and that's actually just the standard that I set out there, we treat our customers, we train them on how to treat us. Right. And for some reason, the solopreneurs, we're like, no, it's okay. You can walk all over me and abuse me in that way. It's fine. But if we were to call a big company, right? If you were to call like a massive law firm and you were like, hey, I need an appointment. And they're like, sorry, we have nothing for 42 days. You wouldn't bat an eye at it. You'd go, okay, can I book an appointment in 42 days? Yet when someone contacts us and they're like, hey, I need an appointment tomorrow. We're like, oh, I better give it to them. This is so true. Right? Uh, and I think this is, isn't this, the bit that keeps coming back to me is this symbiotic relationship that we've developed us and the business and this Ooh. and this um especially because we're often coaches consultants service-based business owners so the way you show up the work you do your reputation becomes the thing that you are known for not Absolutely. just the skill and at that point I'm noticing you, or at least what you're saying, Anki, you know, when could I have noticed this sooner? Maybe you couldn't. That's the interesting thing about it, isn't it? Because if these personal mm -hmm. things, these these little mini rules and things that we have been set up in our life that may never have had so, so much play until we're running the show ourselves. Yeah. And I think those are the things that you're talking about. I'd really love you to, to dive into some of the things that, you know as well that that we end up doing I mean this thing like you know as you say we're on all the time I mean that is something I will hold my hands up my husband's going is there no off switch to this phone you know like you have to reply to everybody and I can't even tell you sometimes why I'm doing it and that's the point isn't it it's like well I just it'll be quick and the justification <laughs> that we do for just addictively yeah. carrying on with this and this is what I mean about our personal psychology showing up all over the business oh, yeah. and I don't think you know but many times if we've come from another corporation or a business etc we've had their rules and their standards around us and we've um succumbed to those we've we've committed to those and when you go out on your they own they protect you too right? they do protect you you oh, do but you don't see it like protection that protection mechanisms man Man, but you don't see they it. Totally you don't do. see it, do you? So I would say it's yeah. when you're working for a company, you don't see that the way you, you almost see it as restriction. So this beautiful idea of going out on your own is that, you know, you've got all this freedom and then it's a nightmare for most people because when there's no boundaries at all or there's no edge to the paper, you've just given yourself a crayon and go out and draw across the whole world and it's limitless. What am I going to do? It's actually the worst thing that we can have. It's almost like... What I think you're saying is all of your childhood traumas, adult traumas, learned behaviours, people pleasing, no matter what, all of this stuff is going to start showing up in your business wrapper because it didn't have it had other protections around it before this. And you don't even know not to put any around you at the start. So how else? What else shows up from, you know, what other sort of business problems are people having that you know are down to, you know, all of these um, situations that have accumulated and are now wreaking havoc? 
So one of my, not my favorites, but one of the ones I see all the time is rejection. Fear of rejection, right? It's one of the biggest. Who on this planet does not want to feel loved? Who does not want to feel accepted? Who fights against feeling rejected, right? So we do it in our personal lives where it's like, oh, you might reject me. So I'm going to reject you first so that then you can't reject me. But we do this in business all the time, all the time. How many people do you know that have a list of people that are interested to work with them and they just can't pick up a phone and return a phone call? Right? They can't go to a networking event and they can't respond to anything. They can't ask for what they need because they're so terrified of being rejected. Right? We're really, if we were to think about, think about like a little kid, a little kid that like wants the toy in the toy store. Have you ever been with like a five-year-old who decides they want that toy? Oh, they don't care how many times you say no. They don't care how many times you threaten. They don't care at all because they know if they push hard enough, they're going to get it. They're not scared of rejection, right? So it's like looking at that and going, okay, so where, where in my life did that shift? Where in my life did I all of a sudden get hurt? And now I've attached that meaning to this. So that's a really big one I see in business owners, especially is this massive fear of rejection. And then with that, every time they get fired, every time somebody walks away, every time someone doesn't renew a contract, they take that as like a personal, like, you don't love me. Right? You don't want me. Oh, right? Like, think of those words. But if we look back, how many times have we stopped using someone or stopped using something and it wasn't because we didn't love them or like them or we were rejecting them. It was just no longer something that we needed at that point in our life. Yeah, right? so true. So true. I, I also, you know, the bit I um, the bit I wanted to just pull up on is something that, that I see happens all the time. I've experienced it almost before you even get rejected. You will, you won't even be visible. You'll, you'll pull on everything. You'll pull on your introversion. It's not my, it's not my style. I don't like that sort of thing. We will do everything to avoid it. The procrastinating, planning, the, the, the whole kind of thing that goes on where we'll do everything. We'll get busy work going on rather than the actual thing that will grow our business. So, and I I see two things um, and I'm not personally interested in your answer or anything here, but, <laughs> <laughs> but I noticed with myself, particularly around energy management and capacity. Yeah. So when there was stuff going on in, as there often is in my personal life, the feeling of not having enough capacity to grow. So you do a whole bunch of stuff, you know, that shows up in you not actually, you know, like, well, I, I don't want to put any energy into this and it not work out. You know, like the little kind of justifications that we use that really are oh, talking fine. about something else, but we're not seeing it as that. Can you speak into some of that? So I think there's two pieces to it. One is when in my life was I visible and got hurt? Mm. When did visibility actually cause me harm? So often, especially around sexual trauma, that's the big one where it's like I became visible. Someone noticed me, somebody paid attention to me and then they hurt me. 
right? So I see that often with clients. And that's when we become more mousy. That's when we get more scared. That's when we try to hide ourselves. Because if I show up and someone sees me, someone might hurt me. And here's what we need to realize about this is this is a protection mechanism. But our protection mechanisms are hardwired into our bodies and our brains. So until we heal the trauma, they're not going anywhere because they're still trying to protect us, even if they're no longer valid or needed at this point. Right? You can't outwill a protection mechanism. It's the reason why you can't hold your breath to death. Right? You cannot outwill your protection mechanism. So until you've actually healed what has caused the protection mechanism in the first place so that you can release it, sucker's not going anywhere. Like it is going to stay around to continue to protect you. The problem is it's like the kindergarten kid on the playground that's going to throw sticks and rocks at someone to protect you. And now you're a grown-ass adult. And you're like, no, but I don't need you to throw sticks and rocks at people anymore. And it's like, no, 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 I got you. I've got you and I am protecting you because this is my job, right? And until you do that work, it's not going anywhere. So you're going to continue to fight that. The second is when we have no capacity. So like you said, right, with like a health issue and a spouse or anything like that, I've been there. I've been there and I've been there myself. And so much of it is, this isn't going to turn into anything anyways. This belief that we have, right? Mm. Where it's like, why am I even putting in this effort today? Because this is just going to happen again tomorrow. And then this was a waste of my time. Right? And it's almost like subconsciously, that's what we start to believe. Instead of going, no, no, no. This is just a blip. This is just this little like speed bump right now. It's just a detour. And that's okay. So maybe some of my capacity is going to shift and move and my priorities are shifting. But it's not that I have no capacity. I just have to guard my capacity in a different way. So for years, I did this thing where I'd have two drinking glasses on the corner of my desk just sitting beside me. And I'd fill one with like macaroni or beans or dried peas. And every time something was going to take energy, I'd grab and I'd move some to the other cup. And it was like, that's it. That's all the energy that I have through an entire day. What am I putting it towards? And it was this really interesting visual of, oh, there was a doctor's appointment. How much of my energy did that actually take? And I dump a whole pile of the cup into the other one, right? Or there was a meeting that took way too much of my energy. And all of a sudden I'm like, okay, it's two o'clock. There's no beans in my cup. Like I have no more beans. Like, Okay, so what do I need to do different tomorrow that I'm still going to have beans at the end of my day? And it was this interesting exercise that trained my brain because even like driving in traffic when I'd want to get mad at someone, I'd be like, is this worth the beans? Or could I use those in a different way later? Right? And it was just this silly visual, but I've used it with clients over the years too. And I always laugh when I had a client call me one time and she's like, I am positive all my beans by 8 a.m. Just borrow some. And I was like, nope, you can't. That's all your beans for the day. Now you got to deal with it. But also when we look at our calendars, when we look at our to-do lists, when we look at our schedules, when we look at all those things, it's like, how many beans is that going to take? Right? And the only way I'm going to get more beans is by starting a new day. The only way I'm going to get more beans is by decreasing my stress. The only way I'm going to get more beans is fill in the blank. Right? But it's a very interesting visual of that. 
So one of the things that I often do is shift my wording on things where it's not that I don't have capacity. It's like, but what do I have capacity for today? Mm. What is the one thing or the two things that are on my list that are in my calendar that are, that are valuable and important to me right now that is going to move my business forward for the least amount of beans. I love that. Anchor, I just want to give you some yeah, time to is. come in because I think you're hearing so much. I love the beans analogy because I love the beans. that it's stops like, the guilt. It's like it's like we've got so many beans in the jar, isn't it? It's yeah. like use them wisely. I, I love that's I love it. the that's beans. All you thing. Have. And I I actually like my mind goes immediately like, oh, but these beans can be multiplied. You know? Because How? like How because because my <laughs> like see you know where my mind goes is like I notice a massive difference. In, in what I'm what I have capacity for doing or not doing depending like if I'm in creative flow like you don't dare stop me I can do like three days of work in half a day and I feel energized that's not multiplying your beans no, that's but not I mean, multiplying that's like, your beans like, right it, it's it, doing it, the it, things that take little beans well that, but that's that's where this goes right it's because like that's... what and sometimes I can have like a call where I'm like oh she drains and I used to have these clients with my sewing business like you know there'd be like some of them where I thought oh you know by the time she comes out of that fitting I need like I don't know like the biggest coffee cup ever like this woman drains the life out of me you know when like sort of some people like just kind of like suck the energy out and it wasn't like oh, vampires. Yeah, the, the thing there wasn't much there you know but but say if I'm in a, in a state of creative flow if I'm like not worrying about tomorrow if I'm not bickering about yesterday if I'm like right here in this creative flow where I'm like I'm just a conduit it just comes through like I can output like I have massive capacity and it isn't training you know so for me it's always like how can I get my butt more into that state you know rather than yeah. then you know and it comes with dropping the thinking it comes with yeah, you know, there's this spy movie that I really love where they, there's this old spy and he's in all sorts of trouble, right? And stoic, like, uh, you know, and the other guy goes, don't you worry? Like, they, they're shooting at us. Don't you worry? And he sits there and goes, would it help? You know? And if I can remember that, you know, I think there's a lot that I can use my beans, like, a lot slower than, you know, than, than if I'm in a space of worry because the beans go out like they're you know like there's almost like there's a big hole in the in the cup and the, the beans just bobble out without me yeah. doing anything see i call that more buck for your bean <laughs> it? right it's not more beans it's like just more buck for the bean isn't it you yeah. know what i mean it's like the bean the bean is. Is, is more leveraged isn't it you know because of the way and actually maybe because there's not that repetitive problem going on like there's not the thing that you, you can see you're thinking there's an awareness around it that has come with maybe you know training age maturity help coaching all of that sort of thing around it to, to see the differences to see what you're doing with your beans your energy your you know you can kind of almost put it for anything can't you? your time your money your energy your beans are are, are just like everything about the way you're sort of showing up in your business and what you're doing it's such a great metaphor I love it I love it too um (laughs) the bean job everybody needs a bean jar seriously everybody needs like it can literally be like two little jars or two little drinking glasses 
that you just put on the corner of your desk or put somewhere as this really interesting measurement Mm -hmm. where it's like, like I've had moments where my brain would start going chaotic and I just start like pouring the beans and I'm like, this is fun. Look at all my beans I'm getting rid of right now. (laughs) You're thinking down these crazy rabbit trails, right? Instead of stopping and going, no, no, no. Look at all of these amazing beans I still have to use throughout my day. What actually makes sense of what to do with them? Yeah. Right? I can look at my to-do list right now. Right now. Here, I'm going to read you a few things on my to-do list. And you can tell me how much beans these are going to take up. One of them is like, go on to a Facebook thing and oh, being a guest on podcasts. Every ounce of that makes me cringe right now because I'm like, want to do a write-up for that I don't want to post it I don't want to deal with all the comments that are that to me just the feel of that in my body right always pay attention to what the feel of is in your body when you even look at it or read it it's like ugh, right so then I look at the decision and I go okay so that feels gross today number one that means it's like really not probably something I should do today because whatever energy and emotion I attach to that when I do the post is not going to be good because I'm feeling ill about it already so let's just be honest I'm not going to do it today probably won't even do it this year but when I look at that I then go okay is making this decision could it mentally emotionally physically spiritually relationally or financially harm me to not do it No, it's not going to harm anybody. Like this isn't even a thing. So why is this even on my to-do list? Right? Book a Cairo appointment. Cool. That's going to literally take like two beans. I don't even have to phone. I can go online and I can book it. It's like 30 seconds. (laughs) It's booked. It's done. But will it mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, relationally, financially harm me if I don't? Yes, it's going to physically harm me. Because if I don't go to Cairo on a regular basis because of a broken back when I was 12, I end up in excruciating pain really, really fast. And because I sit for my job and that is going to cause me physical pain, which then takes more of my capacity away because now I'm focusing on my pain level. So that gets to use up some beans today. That's amazing, isn't it? You have a rule that when when the jar is empty, because, you know, sometimes you might have these draining tasks that do have consequences that where you think whatever the beans like I have to pay the beans so you might end up at two o'clock like okay the bean jar is empty is that permission to just call it a day for today totally depends on what it is so one of the things that I do in my calendar is I book um chunks of time within my month that are called get this shit done mode and it's just like get shit done Like those are the times where I'm like, I don't, I cannot put beans towards anything else on those days. Those are the days where it's like all of my beans are going to grow stuff that I have to get done because it's just life, right? This fallacy bullshit, excuse my language idea out there that we should only follow our hearts and be in alignment and we only have to do the things that make us happy. No, that's not realistic. That's only realistic of a hobby. That's not realistic in your business. It isn't. That's not how it works. We all still have to do some bookkeeping and we all still have to return the emails we don't want to do. And we all still have to do filing and we still have to organize things. And we like, that's just reality. You cannot just follow your heart. That, that doesn't, it's not realistic in a business, right? Someone still has to take out the damn garbage. 
And society right now has this like toxic positivity around being an entrepreneur and being a business owner that's like, no, it just should all feel happy. And if it doesn't feel happy, you shouldn't do it. And it's like, no, that's not, that's not real. But there's also times where it's like, no, 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 I got to do the hard stuff. And I have to do the stuff I don't like. I need to sit on the phone call for four hours with the government, or I need to deal with my taxes, or I need to dig through boxes of receipts to find things for my bookkeeper, whatever it is, whatever it is. I schedule those into days where I know I don't have anything else needing my beans. The reason I love that is because I think there's a distinction and I'm hearing it between, and that's why you do have a successful business um, and help others and the entrepreneurs, et cetera. Because the, the distinction I'm hearing is that it's really easy with the amount of mindset, personal development, training, positivity, toxic positivity, there is a lot of options out there for you to use absolutely anything to keep your addictions and your um, traumas and your uh, stories alive. There's a lot, rather than face them, there's a lot out there that we can buy into that actually looks on the surface as if it's actually dealing with the thing and to me what I'm hearing is the way to know is are you wanting to are you wanting to back off from the building stages the everyday things that we just do and don't do I don't want to do the school run and the lunch most of the times you know but I get up in the morning and I do the school run and do the lunch because it's just part of the thing that I have to do during the day and I don't as much as I don't like it I don't I'm not trying to find a way to avoid it and I'm not trying to find another thing around it and that to me I think is a distinction whether there is a that whether the the things that are showing up in your business and the things that you're doing are do need addressing you know, are we actually, are we capable? Are we avoiding things or are we, you know, are we justifying working? You know, the justification that I'm out of beans and rather than, you know, I'm out of beans and I'm still going on till midnight or conversely, um, I've got plenty of beans left, but I don't think I have. So I'm not because I've got a, deal, a problem with rejection. So I'm not even going to put my bean mm -hmm. into the other glass. There just seems to be some nuance here that, that is really important for people to start to to maybe think about and wrestle. And to, to me, it's the things that we constantly do that we're justifying or finding oh, big time stuff to uh, confirm our bias. Even I would say about keeping that addiction alive. That's the issue because there's just so much you could talk about this topic. Everything from everybody saying that everything is a trauma to to people saying that almost like nothing's a trauma. It's just your thinking. So there's just so much in between, isn't it? In between the scale, how is somebody going to recognize? I think that's Anka's question. Where do we go to start to recognize whether we are using various things to kind of cover over stuff that actually needs to be dealt with in order for you to be a better business owner, grow your business, release yourself into that and, and deal with the fear sometimes of even doing that and what the impact and the implications of that versus, you know, somebody that actually um, is buying into 
uh, you know, buying into ideas that are just not even relevant to them right now? So I think number one, no judgment, just curiosity. Yeah. Take all the judgment off of it, but take a really hard look at your business, at your life. And what are the things that are holding you back right now that are really easy for you to see? Right. So if it's like, I'm really, really struggling with not having the motivation. Okay. So look at all of the areas of your life. Do you not have motivation in all of them? Okay. Then this might be a bigger issue, right? Because if you are not having motivation in anything, right, that's, a, that's totally different because now there's something else going on behind it. If you were terrified of rejection in every area of your life or most areas of your life, there's something bigger going on there, right? But then the other piece of it is like, why do you even want it, right? Is, are we doing a business? Are we building a business? Are we trying to get out on stages? Are we trying to do this because everybody around us is? Because society has told us that this is what we should be doing at this point in our lives. Or is it because we genuinely have a passion for it and it's something we really want to do? Because love him or hate him, Elon Musk had an interview done with him a while ago and someone said, what is, what's the biggest piece of advice you would give to a new business owner who's struggling? And he was like, nothing. You shouldn't be a business owner if you're asking for advice because you're struggling, right? Like, he, Or some comment like that. I'm sure I butchered that horribly. I know I did. But he had a point, right? It's when somebody has that fire in them to build their business, they have that passion in them to build their business. They're not sitting at home, just scrolling Instagram, not doing anything. They're not just justifying everything. Right. So if you are not finding that fire, what do you need to shift in your business? But then this comes back to like the no judgment, just curiosity to be like, okay, do I even love this? Is this something that I want to do? And I think that's a huge piece of it, but also paying attention to everybody around you. Like, it's funny, like everybody's having a podcast right now. Cool. You know, you don't need to start a podcast. Guess what? You can 100% build your business without starting a podcast right now, right? The everybody's an introvert and nobody wants to network. Hey, is it that or do you just not know how to network? Have you never done the training around it or done anything where it's like, no, 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 let me teach you how to network as an introvert so you can still build your business. But let's be really honest. Most people don't like networking. Right. But it's a big part of business. And I think so it's two different things, right? Is one is like, are you the common denominator in all of your problems? Right. We like to think that it's everybody else. But at the end of the day, if you're the common denominator, there's something bigger going on. And so if it is in all areas of your life, right. But if you also look around and you see that everybody around you is struggling with the exact same thing, what is the common denominator for all of you guys? Right, because we are crabs in a bucket. I've met so many people. Well, you know exactly what you just said. Where, when we actually look at what's really going on, they don't really want to build a business, right? They just so don't want to. They just don't so want to have a boss, right? They just don't want. They just want. You know, you yeah. usually like you usually catch them out sort of fairly. You kind of recognize them fairly easily when it comes to yeah. Do you okay? So how are you gonna meet people? 
network of all yeah. like networking do you want to you know if you want to create content oh i don't want to create i don't want to do video i don't want to you know like they don't want to do any of the things that are usually involved in in creating a business you know so totally. it's usually like no 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 all you want is like ideally just have some money floating in and without you having to i've had people saying well i just want an online business because i don't want to i don't want to have to deal with customers <laughs> so i don't want to deal maybe with it's people i just what want your them job to, is you know exactly right but i think people yeah. quite often you know they just are, are, are sick and tired of the job they're in you know so they and then there's this idea oh i just want to be my own boss meaning like i don't oh. have somebody else to tell me what to do <laughs> but i think everything else that comes with it isn't always the thing they really want to want to want to build and create well here's you know the what? secret that most people mm -hmm. forget about is when you're an entrepreneur all your customers are your boss so, so you still have people telling you what to do yeah so true do you know what mm -hmm. just just because we could go on all day um and i think people listening <laughs> to this could. is one of the richest conversations there is so much you're probably going to have to just go and listen to this again for so many different angles because there's everything from do you really want to build the business to are you the actual common denominator where everything is showing up or is it, you know, different models of business that you actually need? These are really important things for you to look at because you could be buying into the wrong type of coaching or the wrong type of thing that you need right now. Or you need to just pause and stop and get the help that you need in order to actually build that business that you are wanting to to build at the same time so just coming to a close dawn if you've got a piece of advice for people around anything that we've spoken about today um that's also around well contact dawn <laughs> without, without a shadow of a doubt <laughs> goes without saying um all the links are there but if you've got a piece of advice for people that have been listening to this and going oh gosh you know where do I start? If things are showing up in my business, what do I do next? So a couple things. I always offer free 30-minute consultations that you can just like pick my brain, we'll dig into it. And it's not a sales pitch at all. Angela, you know that we've talked, right? right. Like I'm like, no, no, no. If you want to work with me, great. If not, don't worry about it. But I think number one is strip everything back. Everything. So when you're looking at every single thing in your life, the books you're reading, the podcasts you're obsessively listening to, the coaching that you're doing with a hundred different coaches, the influencers you're following, all of the million plans for your business, everything else, strip all of it away and go back to the core of where you started of like, what is the problem I'm trying to solve? What is the product I'm trying to sell? What is the core of this? And why did I start this in the first place? And is that still who I am? Is that still the problem I want to solve? Is that still the situation? Mm. And start there because so many of us, it's like you go to the doctor and you get one prescription and then there's another problem. So you get another prescription and then there's another problem and you get another prescription, but then that prescription causes a problem, which then you need another prescription to take care of the issue with that one. We've all, I mean, if you're over the age of 25, you've been through this. And all of a sudden you're like, how the hell did I end up on this many things, right? And I think we really need to do that way more often in our businesses is strip everything right back to zero and go, okay, let's stop again and look at this and go, is this 
the path I want to be on? Is this that where I want to be in my business? Is this even still the original plan that I had? Right? Because we can't just keep trying to fix the hole in the boat We while we're at sea. We kind of need to like bring the boat back into the harbor, lift it up and go, okay, stop. Is this even the right boat for where I'm trying to go? Right? Or do I need to trade in the boat for a different one? Or do I need to like, like, what is it I really need to do in that situation? And that's where I would recommend people start. I love that. So until next time, everyone, park your boat up and then listen to the next podcast and we'll see you soon. Take care. Take care. Thanks for tuning in to the Visible Coaches podcast. If you've ever felt the pressure to market yourself in ways that don't align with your true nature, this podcast is your sanctuary. If you've enjoyed what you've heard so far, make sure to subscribe to the Visible Coaches podcast on your favorite platform. And we would really be grateful if you could leave us a review. Your feedback means the world to us and it helps us reach more introverted coaches like you. Visit thevisiblecoachespodcast.com now. That's thevisiblecoachespodcast.com. Let's continue to embrace our introverted strength, create meaningful connections, and make waves in the coaching world. Until next time. <laughs>